Hi, I'm Erin. And I'm Kimona. And this is Rebels Advocate, the podcast where we break down the shit show that is the current social climate and reframe the radical. Let's get started. Hey, Erin. Hello. How you doing? A little drunk, if we're going to be honest. I love that for you. What better way? I mean, it's 4.30 in the afternoon and I had had two shots of tequila and a drink before too, but... You know, you're living the life that so many of us wish we could. It's called adulthood. Yeah. I'm that's a big we, fan of it. That's how we manage. I mean, I honestly, I don't think there's a better way to prepare for a conversation on voting, but... Yeah, drinking. Yeah, because um, I don't know if you've taken a, a gander at politics recently. Oh, oh I've heard <laughs> once or twice. Yeah, it, it seems to be a little bit... um of a shit show if i may wow reference to our intro <laughs> yeah but so we're gonna talk about voting woo yay this is our second time voting in a presidential election isn't that wild it is wild because we turned 18 for the first presidential election well the first as if it was the first ever <laughs> <laughs> we were lucky that when we turned 18 that was a presidential election year so yeah we got to vote against dear donald trump the first time mm-hmm. i was so so sad that year because i my birthday was i think 10 days before the um the new jersey primaries oh so i didn't get to vote in the primaries sad rip I, but. to be honest i don't know if i i think i don't think i did my birthday's in May, so I could have in theory, but I don't think I did until the presidential and then every year since then for the primaries. We were babies, man. Wild ride. That's crazy. But this year, whoo! <laughs> it's a time. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings, um, but to the listeners, this will be exactly one week out from election day. That's crazy. That's, That's actually crazy. Seven days. You have but seven I think, days. <laughs> I think it's kind of wild that we've gotten through four years. Same. Because four years ago, it felt impossible to make it through. And as crazy as this 2020 has been, overall, it's impressive that we've gotten through so much of this. And I think that that's something to hold on to a little bit that way. If we do have to think, God forbid, we do lose this election again, because it's, I I personally believe it's very viable that it could go either way. Yeah. And I think that's really important to acknowledge, regardless of your um, affiliation. Although I'm going to assume that most of our listeners are either not heavily involved in political assumptions or lean liberal. Um partially because of our affiliation and obviously as a new podcast most of our listeners are people that either know us from personal life or social media and because Mm -hmm. we're so active on social media I think everyone is pretty aware that we are very liberal individuals oh yeah very yeah I if you look at my pages and think that I am not liberal then I I think you might I don't know need some help there just a little just a little bit just a little clarification. Yeah. So I'm wondering, Erin, do you have like a a distinct memory of election night 2016? Because I do. Very. 
very much. I was not mentally ready to be with anyone that day. I wanted to be alone. Mm-hmm. I was invited to a couple of like watch parties and things like that. And I was like, I can't, I really can't. So I, luckily my roommate wasn't around. So I was alone in our dorm room and I was tucked in bed and I just had it on my laptop for the entire night. Um, and then was like texting a few people um, who were like, do you want us to come get you? Like, do you want to come with us? We're going to go drink. Like, as it was pretty clear that we were losing. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead, I did not consume any alcohol that day. I cried and went to sleep. Eventually, when I was dehydrated, I suppose. <laughs> um, and luckily, the next day, um, I didn't have classes on campus. Uh, so I, yes. So I could t- kind of like mentally take that day. Um, I didn't really leave. I met a couple people for like lunch or something and like got food and we were all like, this is a thing. But I remember it was a gloomy day. Fordham was really bare. It was very sad because, yeah, um, especially just college students tend to be more liberal. And prior to uh, Trump's, I guess Trump's election was when people started to be more vocal about being Trump supporters. Still, like, during that election time, people were quite hush-hush about that. Yeah. Um, so I think even those people who did vote, if, vote for him, they weren't very, like, waving flags saying, okay, we're happy that he won. They were still pretty kind of quietly content. So the whole campus was just really bare, really sad. Um, it was definitely a day for mourning for me. I had an aggressive conversation with my parents. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was really emotional. I remember very, very clearly. What about you? Yeah. So I, Ooh, I had gone to some friends like dorm room, same building and we were watching it and I distinctly remember, I think it was Ohio that they called and we all just like the room went silent and we all just kind of looked at each other and we were like, no, like they, this isn't. This is not what's happening right now. Um, (laughs) And I know that one of my friends like had like just like straight vodka in a swell bottle. um, Love it. And was just sipping from it. And like this was, was this, this would still have been first semester. Yeah, we were, we were first semester freshman year of college. I did not drink first semester freshman year, but I swear to you, I took a sip from her swell bottle because I was like, this is not real. I very much drank freshman year. So the fact that I wasn't drinking. (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, ends of the spectrum. I know. It was almost like even in that time of my life, I had a a little bit of an issue with alcohol. It was almost like it was so detrimental to me. I couldn't even. I couldn't even. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I what you said about campus the next day was absolutely so true. I remember it was terrifying. I woke up that morning um, and I don't know how, but a bunch of people from my hall were just standing outside their doors. Like it looked like someone had just died and my RA came out and this is a shout out to Rabigail. I don't think you listen to the podcast, but if you do, this is a shout out to you because like what a wonderful RA was like her alarm was going off in her room I remember we could all hear it because like her door was cracked open and I have a distinct memory of her just holding me in her arms but yeah Rabigail 
best freshman year RA because I remember like I started sobbing in her arms in the hallway and we were all just like so sad and like okay honestly that was like the best hug of my life (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's kind of that's funny um Uh, yeah yeah. and I mean the thing that you said about I mean this is kind of morbid but like the thing that you say about death like that if I'm really like going back into my memories of four years at Fordham the only day that felt like that day um was last year Mm. when Mm -hmm. a student did die very tragically um and the in both like the weather was reflective of that too it was very gloomy very humid very awkward it just like felt wrong um and then like the vibe of the people the fact that nobody was really out it was very it was very scary and just just in a oh my god what's about to happen there was so much unknown I mean at least for this election god forbid we lose we aren't so much in a space of unknown because we do have a pretty clear grasp of what's about to happen um which has perks in the sense that we're more prepared but of course is even scarier because we realize that a lot of those fears that we had four years ago are very possible to come to fruition because if anything has if this has taught us anything these last four years is that people are not as um neutral as we thought it was easier to believe four years ago that people didn't react this way and that you know the extremists of trump supporters are very much out there yes they're not they're not minimal they're very extreme and some of those things uh result in violence and result in violence to people like us um as women as queer people and of course to you as being a black woman yeah which is wild but i also think it does speak to the fact that even if things don't go in the ideal way there is a a sense of resiliency that i think we can hang on to that we can get through it and no matter who wins because this is my mindset no matter who wins the election there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in the system absolutely so either way like yes would i prefer the candidate that is not actively and outwardly inciting violence against me and the people I love of course but there are still things that we can work to change on a systemic level no matter what and also local elections oh my goodness local elections matter so much this is why it is so important even though you know we are getting down to the wire there's still time to go out and vote um like make sure that you have your voting plan, uh, that you're you're ready. If you're if you have questions, my favorite website to go on is vote.org. Because Me as well. Th- so much information, like so helpful. Um, I know I am actually after this podcast going to go find a drop off box for my ballot. Amazing. Um, so that's a super fun time. But like, there's still time to vote, guys. You can vote in person too. I know that there's you know a little more effort into figuring out which polling places are open this time around but there's still time every single vote counts especially 
than the local elections because while you know who's president does really matter uh local politics tend to affect you more directly which is something that i think a lot of people don't realize for sure it definitely impacts you more directly of course if you're not if you are voting um in a district that you no longer live in that's different like personally i don't i still vote in new jersey although Mm. i don't live there anymore um which I believe I'm going to change that and register in New York uh, in the future. But regardless, uh, both are blue states, so it's not heavily impactful as of now. Um, but I still am very involved. My, my, me and my parents still live there, and mm-hmm. my vote does count to what happens to them and their property taxes, their schooling districts. Like, Although my parents don't have any children still in those schooling districts, um, my family from this generation – my mom's generation and the generation before were all very heavily involved in our school politics. Um, so that's been something that we've been very invested in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that I was making sure to listen to, you know, the insight that my mom does know about um, by being someone who's been around to hear the gossip, to hear <laughs> what's been going on when I have obviously no idea. Um, but yeah, for sure. That's really important. I have already voted. I got my, absentee ballot and I filled it out I happened to be home for Indigenous People's Day I think I maybe mentioned that last episode as well um but I happened to be home and my ballot had just arrived uh, a few days before so I was able to fill it out and bring it to the um my town's town hall put it in the drop box and shout fuck Trump as I put it in there amen (laughs) I love that except I'm pretty sure everyone else in the county was not pleased but that's what I said well what are they gonna do about it (laughs) I mean literally nothing exactly New New Jersey always um almost exclusively is a blue state yes I'm just I'm really really uh hoping that we legalize marijuana Uh, I'm here for that too uh yeah that's more than anything, I'm just here for decriminalization because let's get out all of those disproportionately people of color in prison for minor infractions for things like weed. Yeah. So vote. <laughs> Please vote to make some serious moves. Small small changes add up. Um, yeah. Also, I mean, there are options. For example, today starts the first day ever in history that you're able to vote early. Um, in New York right now, today started the ability to go vote in person before election day. So Amen. I know I, I know Sam is taking off work on sometime this week to go vote early. Um, of course, it'll still be a long line, and there's definitely new protocol considering COVID. Um, but if you are able to get to the town or district that you are in to register to vote. Um, you are eligible and able to go be in person. Um, of course, go look up those guidelines and see what the procedures and process is. But so mentally prepare yourself to have to wait for a while, socially distance, and for it to be different than last year um, or last four years, whatever was the last time that you voted in person. Um, so it will be different, but it is an option. And as of today, at least in New York, I'm not sure about the rest of the states, mm-hmm. today until november 3rd you are of course able to vote in person for this election yay yay voting um so yeah remember to vote guys super important uh but that being said 
let's talk about who we're voting for. Oh, is it not? Is that not clear? <laughs> I, I don't know. Just like make it, you know, very straightforward. I'm settling for Biden. I am absolutely settling for Joe Biden. Yes. Um, and I've seen a lot of back and forth on this phrase, settle for Joe. And I know there are some people who are very much like, what do you mean settle for him? Like, have you seen the, the other option? And it's like, yeah, but this isn't about a, a Joe versus Donald. Ew. Uh, I hate that I referred to him as Donald. I was also like, I don't like I don't that. Know, I, don't, I don't like how <laughs> that happened. Um, but I think a lot of people are, are looking at this like a, like, you know, it's just like the two candidates. Like, no, this is, when I say settle for Joe, I mean that Joe was not my first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. There are, what, 20 other options? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was probably. Don't mind that. He was probably like my 18th choice because then there was Tulsi and somebody, other people. Okay, he was higher up there for me because I always <laughs> tend, I kind of tend to think of it in the sense of like, who do I think could get to the top? Who is going to be my yeah. option? Okay, okay. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm not always thinking of, oh, ideal because ideal, ugh, me. <laughs> mm, <laughs> See, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I'd be <laughs> terrible at it. I, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Um. But of course, they're not like when you're looking at those 20 candidates of who could be our uh, Democratic option. For me, it was more like, okay, of these people, who do I think can get there? And of that, who do I want? It took me almost, almost until all of the other people started to drop out. (laughs) Literally like a week before when I was like, okay, Warren. And then she dropped out. And I was like, okay, I got to change my mind again. Yeah, it, it wasn't going great for me, but I'm I'm happy to support him. Although, uh, of course, he is absolutely not what I think is best in a presidential candidate or a president. But I think of what we are given and what we need right now, he is by far the right choice. Yeah, I completely agree. And there was one thing. I haven't really been following the debates because after like a few minutes of the very first presidential debate, I was just like, this is pure chaos and I don't need this in my life. That's like negative energy that I just don't want. But I think it was his recent town hall that when they, you know, did like the dueling town halls things instead of just doing a debate, like it was scheduled. It's fine. Um, But Joe said something that like so they asked him a question and I don't remember what the question was about because it wasn't his policy standpoint that really stood out to me in this moment but the fact that his answer was something along the lines of well I want to get people who are on all sides of this issue who like are have different viewpoints together and I want to talk about it and figure out what's best for the people if there's a way we can you know come to a compromise and and he wants to he wanted to like specifically talk to people who this issue affected and figure out what was going on. And I just like after four years of whatever this has been, I found that to be so refreshing and so like truly what a leader should be. Like it's not, it shouldn't be about, well, this is, this is what I think will make me look best, but what do people need? What are people saying? Um, And I just really like, I get the, the feeling that that Biden can actually be a leader and at least to some extent actually cares about people. And I'm not saying he has the perfect stances on things. I think he has a long way to go on a lot of issues, 
However, I do see that he's willing to hear people out. Yeah, I think for me, I mean, absolutely. I totally agree and hear what you're saying because I think that acknowledgement is a lot and something we're never going to get from Trump. Uh, because even if he did think that way, he'd never acknowledge it. Exactly. Um, so that is, it does speak volumes. I think the biggest thing for me is I think we have the best chance as the people of holding Joe accountable mm-hmm. for the things that he he's promised, for the things that he said, for the things that we need from him. I think that we have the best chance to hold him to those standards um, rather than Trump, I don't believe, has any desire or willingness to listen to the people um, as a whole. Just he only, if he ever acknowledges the people, Americans, he's only talking about the people that agree with him. And that is abundantly clear. Um, And not that leftists don't do that but like as a candidate as someone whose face is representing supposedly all americans he refuses to acknowledge anybody other than the people that wholeheartedly support him um and that's really hard to hear especially since many of those diehard supporters could not care less about my existence or care at all that choices that Trump makes um, and that the government follows would inhibit abilities and rights that I care so deeply about. Um, and, And also take that in the sense of, again, I am a white woman. I'm talking from a huge upper hand of having privilege and walking through this world as a white woman. Um, But to think how much, even as that privileged person that I have so much to be afraid of in terms of women's rights and uh, LGBTQ rights, it's very scary. Um, And it's very scary to know that there are people who inherently not only don't care about me, but like, hate me Mm -hmm. for being born differently Um, yeah and I'm more than sure that you can resonate (laughs) with that oh we've Uh, had conversations about this (laughs) um, and especially of course having another thing like having not having that white privilege walking through the world as a black woman is a completely different experience um, and has become abundantly clear through this presidency too and the last few months how true that is that that experience is beyond different um and i think for a lot of people who have not acknowledged that in the past it's hard for them to not acknowledge it now because it is so in your face like how can you deny these things when it is right here black and white pun sort of intended Oh, I love a good pun, but it was an it was an accidental pun. But when I was saying it, and I was like, "Well, it's here." I love it though. <laughs> Happy accidents, Bob Ross or something. That's who said oh, that, right? That's like Sam. He was a happy accident. <laughs> Will he edit that out? We I don't, don't know. know. I hope not. I I liked that. I hope he keeps it in. So I've been thinking a lot about the ethics of voting because 
ethics and society master's program. So that is what I'm focusing on these days. And I came across an article and I could not find it again for the life of me. But it just like came up on one of the various social media feeds. And it was an argument for why a people of color, specifically like indigenous communities and black women shouldn't feel the pressure of these like get out the vote campaigns and whatnot. And I thought it was very interesting because the argument was of of the article itself was kind of like, don't tell me to vote because this is a system that doesn't care about me no matter what I do. It's not really going to change my mind or like my life. It's a truth that I, I struggle with because I think at the same time, there are so many people who who can't vote like I am thinking about like disenfranchised people because they committed a crime or were wrongly incarcerated um, who can't vote who would love to and for me I would much prefer to use my ability to vote even though it's not going to be what saves me which I think is also really important a lot of people look at voting as the end-all be-all but this is so much bigger than that Right. It's important to know that our vote individually, yeah, it is not going to make a substantial difference. It really isn't. Um, mm-hmm. There are a few states that like that may make a huge difference. Pennsylvania, Georgia right now, like those are big ones. It is important to know that every voice does matter. Yeah. Um, and I feel very, very passionately about using our abilities, um, especially as a woman that there was a time that we could not vote and that is very clear in the constitution and other very old documents uh that run our lives govern our lives as we are today in 2020 and we never had a seat at that table and then to think that you know slaves Mm -hmm. weren't even like you had to be a landowner so slaves were then not counted to vote but slaves were counted as bodies which is a massive issue with the electoral college i do not support electoral college amen as it stands now i think i think that it could be a viable option if it were used as intended then with adjustments now counting bodies properly uh counting the ability to vote properly if that was reflected I think it could be a viable option again, but as it stands now, reflecting what hmm. we were like in the 1700s, um, I do not believe that that is relevant in any capacity. And as we've seen in the last election and likely are going to see again, um, will really cause some yeah, damage. No, issues. I agree. I have so many thoughts on the Electoral College alone. Like, oh, goodness. Because the whole <laughs> idea is it's supposed to be one person, one vote, but time has moved and made it so that that's not really what it is anymore that's not not even not really it's just has changed the landscape of voting has changed and the electoral college has not changed with it and so now it's all wonky i mean there are a lot of systems in place as simple as let's talk about bra sizing (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about that because i watched a ted talk on it last night but think about that like Bra sizing is reflective of Victorian times. That's why people are wearing the wrong bra sizes because cups and bandwidth don't actually matter. So like if you're a, like all your sister sizes Mm -hmm. match, but like if you you can be an A cup and a D cup, 
and be the same person, like have the exact same boob size Mm -hmm. if you're someone with an A and a D. So think of that, like something as simple as a underwire, like lingerie item that every woman wears has not been changed in a century. And it clearly has issues and makes 80% of women wear the wrong bra size. Oh my God. What the heck do you think is going on with our government? That does not change to reflect the times. Hello, gay people can get married now. That was not written. Yup. <laughs> like there's a lot of massive changes that have happened in the last couple centuries. We are still a very new country in the grand scheme of things. Which is something that I don't think a lot of people grasp. No, the, America is a very different concept. There's so many other governments out there that have been around far longer than we have. Um, so we must take that into consideration that things are not... The people that wrote these documents could never imagine what we have now, technology-wise, rights-wise. They could never fathom that. So how on earth are they going to take that into account in making those documents? Mm-hmm. They can't. It's mm-hmm. impossible. Which this is also why I have an issue with um, originalists when it comes to the interpretation of the Constitution. Because (laughs) I love that. Um, Because if we're really thinking about it, you know, I'm pretty sure that, you know, the 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 forefathers, the those who, you know, wrote and signed the Constitution wouldn't consider me a person. So. No, I can guarantee you they do not think you are a person. Yeah, so I I just think that maybe we shouldn't go with the originalist interpretation. Because we've seen that some things that the forefathers intended for this country, like uh, slavery, not good. Correct. (laughs) Yeah, just just a little thought there. Uh, Don't even get me started on the Supreme Court. That's the whole... I mean, even rich women weren't really considered much more than property Mm -hmm. so let's let's start there that unless you were a wealthy white man you you were the only thing that existed and that mattered and that is not how the world population the american population exists that is not the majority that you seem to think it is yeah and yet the systems have not changed and that's why the, the this that's why everything is a mess because the system is still designed as it was back when only rich white land owning men were people and the end that's it oh thank you for coming <laughs> <laughs> that's welcome to to this week's brief history lesson the start and end of the podcast <laughs> oh goodness but i think that's like I just have, I have so many thoughts on this. And I think that's why that there are this group of people who are like, why should I even bother voting? Like the system's designed against me. What does it matter? And I hear them and I think that's valid. And I understand the concept of not wanting to like put the burden of saving America from fascism on the shoulders of the most marginalized individuals because I it's not fair and at all absolutely yeah and like that's the way it's often framed like a lot of the the discussion is about like how black women vote and like we're such a courted group of individuals when it comes to getting our votes yet 
Are you willing to stand up and protect black women? Are you willing to stand up and protect indigenous women? No, no one usually is. And that's a problem. Well, I think that goes into a lot of things. A lot of this false activism of people just putting the burden on particularly women of color to just have the voice in the conversation to lead the allies and the people who air quotes care Mm -hmm. into the right direction, into the light to solve all the problems. I think that's a really, really valid point and a lot more beyond voting. Um, And of course there's a crap load of voter suppression of course, Mm. to those disenfranchised and marginalized communities, which naturally falls again to people of color, to poor people, to people that you mentioned that are incarcerated, whether accurately or falsely. Um, There's a lot wrong and it's not as simple as people think. Yes. Like it's a lot more than just like, well, of course, if you're a person in jail and you murdered someone, you shouldn't be allowed to vote. Sure, I agree with you there, Um, except that's not how it works. That's not how it works. It's not as simple and idealistic as we want to believe. I want to believe that's how it works. I want to believe bra size are meant to work (laughs) based on common sense, but it doesn't. Exactly. It's so many nuances. And I I think we have to, as a society, we have to embrace the nuances and recognize that things are not so clear-cut and simple. Because it's just the system was not the system wasn't designed for us. The system in and the system in whatever way you want to think about it, um, capitalism, particularly, Mm. but it it wasn't built for us to succeed unless we were this, frankly, minority group of, again, rich white men. And most of us aren't rich white men. Exactly. Most of us are rich white men. That's crazy to me. Also, in this podcast is a rich white man, and I guarantee not many of you listening are rich white men. That's- Although, please come. Please learn. If you're a rich white man, I would love to have you listen. Thank you. I mean, Mama according said. to our Spotify analytics, it's mostly women who listen. Women are better. Yeah. I stand by that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that a controversial statement? Sure. But I stand by it. Also, like just based on the who 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 we would have reached based on our our curated communities online, I, it makes sense that it's mostly women. Well, I mean, if you want to go into that, I mean, I would argue most of my Instagram followers are women, and I would argue that most of my likes are women, and I guarantee the likes that tend to come from men are the images of myself or at the beach or in a tight dress. The people who like my activism posts, who respond to my stories, to ask me how I am, to check in, to come to my yoga classes, those tend to be women. Mm-hmm. And that can be a whole different conversation, but mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that women, like, are the backbones of society. We are. We are the backbones of but society. Women Let me are, rephrase that. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's the truth. It is. It's just the truth. We, yes. And I think typically the men who are allies in this situation would agree with that. Yes. I, I mean, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not to speak for Sam, but I'm pretty certain if I were to say, 
that he would agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak for Sam and say he would agree. <laughs> okay, Sam, if you disagree, edit it this out. Yeah, that's how we'll know. That's how we'll know. <laughs> if we listen to this on Tuesday and this conversation isn't in there, he disagrees. Put it on the pressure. But then only so, we will know. Oh well, that's a lot to think about. Ooh. So let's let's move on a little bit. What do we want to talk about now? About voting. Mm. Let's talk about coups. <laughs> oh my gosh. Did you put this in our notes based on my Instagram share? I think that was partially uh, part of it, yes. Because I was like, that's yeah, a good I, point. Right. This concept of coups and this notion that that could never happen here is very abundantly clear that that could very well happen here. In fact, and it's very nerve wracking. Yeah. It's. It's wild to me to think that there's a very real chance that we might be looking at a at a coup happening quite soon. And it's abundantly clear to me that uh, Trump and his campaign have been trying to set up the ground for them to invalidate the results of the election. Absolutely. And like I mentioned before, I think there's a very real chance that this election, um, much like the last, is very down to the wire of who is the actual winner. Um, if we remember from last election, Hillary Clinton had the popular vote. Mm-hmm. But she was not the winner of the election because of the Electoral College. And Trump and his campaign have made it clear that they do not intend to leave gracefully. Which... I feel like even as a even if you're a Trump supporter, that should make you very uncomfortable because you people claim to care deeply about this original original documents, original stance on how America was founded. Our forefathers did not intend for people to say, no, I'm I'm gonna stay here. I'm going to stay here. That's not a democracy. And that seems to be what many Trump supporters claim to want to protect. And that should make everyone, not just leftist liberals, be frightened. That. Um, just like I want to emphasize that point so much. Oh, yeah. Like the the, the iPhone like, yes. emphasis. Yes. All right. Because, tap, tap twice. Yeah. Because the amount of times that I have... Like, I don't understand why this has become like a, a, a partisan issue when every person who who claims that they care about democracy should be quaking in their boots right now. Because one, OK, here's let me break this down, because I there's so many layers to this thing that I am upset about. Give us that poli sci background. OK, first and foremost, why do we keep phrasing this as a question? To Mr. Trump, why is it? Will you, will will you, back down peacefully if you don't win this election? It's not a question. Absolutely. Once you frame it as a question, you imply that there is a choice to do otherwise. There's not. Not if you're trying to follow what is laid out for us in the laws of the land and uh, also just precedent, which. Also boggles my mind because as a as a country, we have made the choice to make our decisions based off of precedent, what has been done before us. Yet, 
the, the mm-hmm. Mitch McConnell, for example. Mitch McConnell, <laughs> he made a precedent. He set a precedent. But when the precedent no longer benefits his specific political goals, the precedent doesn't matter anymore. That is not the way this country is supposed to work. And I find that very alarming, considering how this country was founded. We are not an archaic country. Yeah, Again, that too. We, we we are baby. We are baby Yoda in this scenario. We're young. We're a young and country. We were developed based on the notions of we were not comfortable in the UK. So we left and we made our own country. And that is something that people are very dang proud of as patriotic people who tend to line towards being Trump supporters or at least Trump voters. People who usually align as very patriotic, as originalists, constitution supporters, uh, second amendment supporters often um, align with Trump and his candidacy. However, what he's saying is and arguing is fundamentally going against those beliefs. So I can't see why Trump candidate um, Trump supporters are supporting him in this stance or at least not acknowledging hey that's not what you said you'd do for us exactly and because i as much as i disagree i can understand the people who genuinely are like i honestly could care less what he says and how and how his rhetoric incites violence and whatnot i care about the policies he supports i don't agree but i can understand that what i blatantly cannot understand is People And it's not even just, like, people who have become outspoken, like, and branded themselves as Trump supporters. I I look at a lot of people who, who just generally identify as Republicans and have for so long and really say that they are dedicated to democracy and to America. How can you stand up and still vote for a man who obviously is okay with pushing democracy to the side if that means he gets to be president again but that's what i that's horrifying that's horrifying it doesn't make sense it just doesn't make sense the fact that we can have a conversation genuinely wondering well like how do we know it's a coup what do we do if it's a coup boggles my mind that shouldn't be okay and i think that's what's important to address right here simply is that a coup can very well happen it can happen here in America. It potentially, oh my God, that was not a word. <laughs> it potentially will happen if Trump does not win, which we hope he does not. But in that scenario, we are very well looking at that. So what we need to do is, like I said last time with allyship, if you listened to the last episode, we need to acknowledge and then address it. Mm-hmm. We need to be prepared. We do. And as much, it's wild because I, I feel like just like the word coup can scare a lot of people, which is valid because, you know, it's, that's a lot to deal with. However, it's also very important to know that regular people just like you and me and anyone listening have stopped coups 
in other places before. It takes it takes a village, quite literally. It takes a group of people. We have to all be alert and vigilant and on the lookout. And like one of the defining uh, moments for us uh, because of like the way our system is set up is the minute that Trump declares that he that he is a winner if votes have not been fully counted yet that is when we need to be on high alert if after that point he is also saying well we don't need to count any more votes we are he's that's a coup that is a coup we have to demand that every single vote is counted and then we have to watch what the electoral college actually does because the electoral college does not actually cast their votes until i believe it's december 14th i could be wrong on that exact date but it's it's a bit later and there's a very real possibility because of the the seeds of doubt that have been sown around the election and specifically like mail-in ballots that there could be some members of the electoral college who are like, well, this this isn't really what the people voted for, so we're going to vote differently than what our state is telling us that we should. If that happens, we are in a coup. And then we have to shut everything down. We have to take it to the streets. We have to walk out of our jobs. We shut everything down until every single vote is counted. Our livelihoods are at stake. Every single one of us. Yes. <laughs> and that's and and what I can 100% guarantee is that on November 3rd, we are not going to know who the winner of the election is. Because of COVID and what has happened as a result, we are not going to know and we can't know mm-hmm. who the winner is until all those votes are counted. So do not do not be ready on November 3rd to have the answer. This is going to go on for a little while before we have a definitive answer. And we need to be paying attention. And like Kimona mentioned, we need to be on high alert and watch how our government makes decisions and make sure that's reflective of what it really is. Because we, the people, Mm. are far larger than the people who sit in office amen and we do have the power and if you do to care do care about democracy you should be ready and should care to fight against it you originalists you better be ready Mm -hmm. to take your second amendment guns that you care so deeply about and be ready to fight against this coup i prefer no violence but i am ready and prepared to get on the streets yes and i hope this conversation can incite that same passion in you. If you didn't realize prior to this or still are a little confused, I really highly encourage you to look farther into what a coup is and how to prepare for a coup and to look into some of the history of countries and other civilizations who have been able to stop one. It is possible and we need to be ready. Amen to that. So uh, I think that was a great conversation. Absolutely. I so final takeaways: go vote, go vote again. Please. Well, no, don't go vote again. That's, <laughs> vote the one time. <laughs> vote the one time, and then make sure everyone around you who is able to vote is voting. Be prepared for a coup. Uh, I don't know. Think about the ethics of voting if you really want to, but like just do it anyways. Would you like to list some possible ways that your vote could not be counted properly? Oh, there are some yes. rules. 
Yes. So, um, especially uh, for anyone doing like the the mail-in ballot, even just like the absentee ballot and putting it in your Dropbox, don't take a picture of it. I know there, I know in New Jersey, New York, and a handful of other states that will fully disqualify your ballot. So do not take a picture of it unless you are like absolutely sure. But when in doubt, just don't. A lot of people are taking pictures of themselves with their ballot, of them dropping it off, of doing anything with it. Um, please don't. I, I understand the want to encourage people to vote. And by showing that you did is hope that your followers will do the same. Um, please use other methods. And like Kimona said, when in doubt, don't take a picture. Yeah. If you really need, a, a, you can have a selfie in front of the, the ballot drop off box. That's cute. Um, you don't just don't jeopardize your vote. Um, make sure you read the instructions thoroughly. If you need a security envelope, some states require you to put your envelope back in another envelope, just like, you know, cause safety and whatever. Um, and make sure that you vote on time. So if you are mailing, mailing in your ballot, it must be postmarked by November 3rd at 8 p.m. in most states. Double check that. Again, vote.org is super helpful for me. Um, just do everything you can to make sure your vote counts and help your friends. And you are able to see once you cast your ballot um, in a drop-off or mail-in if that was collected and counted. Um, my mom and I voted what a week or two ago I guess and we have seen online that it was accepted and counted so please follow up if you care yes <laughs> and I hope you care I hope you care because your voice does matter even if it doesn't make a substantial difference every voice collectively does and I think that's really important in all the things that we really do care about and to remember in the good and the bad, that's how we're going to make things better, regardless of what happens in the election. We have the power, us little people, to make a change and hold those people in office accountable. Amen. Power to the people. Um, so I think that's it for this week. If you guys want to make sure to follow us on Instagram at Rebels advocate um and uh on twitter at rebels adv pod um you know we'll update you on when new things are happening and things are going live uh but we'll see you guys next week every tuesday every tuesday <laughs> all right go out and vote we'll see you next time bye